not, but there are some incredible blessings of being a pastor, and there are also some very humbling things about being a pastor. And one of the humbling things about being a pastor is that your life is lived out in front of a large group of people. Like the good things, the bad things, the embarrassing things, it's lived out in front of a large group of people, and, and that's just part of the nature of, of the job. When you sign up to be a pastor, you just go, hey, your life is on display for all to see. And so that's it's a very humbling thing, but one of the biggest blessings about being a pastor is that those same people that watch you live your life out, they are there and they celebrate with you in some incredible high, high moments And they're also there with you, and they cry, and they pray for you as you walk through some very low moments. And my wife, Brianna, and I, uh, about three, for three weeks in the month of May, experienced some of the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, all within a period of about three weeks. And we had the church that is Mountain Lake, you guys in Forsyth Campus, and really people that watch us from all over, really connect with us and celebrate with us and cry and pray for us. So in the month of May, we, we celebrated some unbelievable news as a church, uh, some financial news that we'd been praying for that really can only be described by a miracle of God. And I'm not, it, it takes a long time to explain it, but they've captured it on DVD, and it's out there at our Hello Tent. Uh, but we came together, and we celebrated, and going, God, you get all the glory and all the credit. Thank you so much for this financial blessing. We're looking forward to the future. If that happened, you were there, you celebrated. But then in that same time period, in that same three weeks, in fact, it was actually the week before Mother's Day weekend. I remember because it it tore Brianna apart. That same time frame, um, our daughter, Kara, who's five years old, was diagnosed with a tumor. And you hear the word tumor, it will freak you out. You hear the words, your daughter has a tumor, it will just completely wreck your world. And so what had happened is uh, every night when Brianna tucks in the kids, she rubs Kara's back. And one night she was rubbing Kara's back to put, her to, to put her to sleep and just kind of scratching it. Feels a bump on her shoulder blade. Takes her into the pediatrician the next day. Following day, sends us to a pediatric surgeon, and he informs us um, it's a tumor about the size of a marble right underneath her shoulder blade. And when you hear those words, I mean, your world just gets turned completely upside down. The following week, we went in to get the MRI. And then the following week, we went in to have the surgery, major surgery, to get it removed. And it got sent off to pathology. And it took about five or six days to get the pathology report back. And those five or six days, I mean, your world is just spinning. You're just praying and, and, and pouring out before the Lord. But I'm here to tell you, by the grace of God, the report came back and the tumor was benign. Which is a testament to the grace of God. But I tell you that because as we're walking through that, we were getting ready to preach through the book of Proverbs, and then the two verses that I'm about to preach to you today took on a completely different meaning in my life and in Brianna's life. And it's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, and they're probably the most famous verses in all of Proverbs. You probably have seen them either on a t-shirt, coffee cup, bumper sticker, or maybe even tattooed on some body part. And I, I, you laugh, but I had a guy after the last service, he goes, hey, I got a tattooed right up here. And so um, it's a famous two verses that I have preached, I don't know how many times, 
I've read, I don't know how many times, but through that month of May, took on a completely different meaning in my life and in Brianna's life as we begin to walk down this path that God had us on. Now, here's what I know for certain, at least with the people that I've met, and I'm guessing it's the same with the people that you've met. I've never met a single person, whether they're kid, student, or adult, who wakes up one day and they're either bankrupt, divorced, fired and out of a job, failed out of school, addicted to some painkiller or alcohol or drug, lonely and no purpose in life, wakes up one morning and goes, I'm crushing it. Nobody wakes up and goes, this is exactly what I had hoped for in life. Nobody wakes up in those situations and goes, this is the path that I had hoped that my life would be on. Everybody, whether you're a church person or not, Christian or not, wants to find themselves on the right path when it comes to your marriage, finances, school, career, or your overall purpose in life. However, we've seen people, or maybe you are one of those people, that you wake up on a path that you had no intention of walking down or ending up, and you wake up and go, how did I get here? We all want to find ourselves on the right path. We all want to walk down the right path. The question is, how do we know what is the right path for our lives? And the truth is, whether you want to admit this or not, we all want to be told what is the right path. And you may go, well, no, I'll, I'll figure it out. No, you You want to know what the right path is for your business, for your marriage, for your career, for your school. The reason why is you read books, you go to seminars, you talk to counselors, you watch DVDs, you listen to podcasts, you watch TED Talks. You want to expand your mind and your knowledge. Go, I want to be on the right path. I want to be told what is the right thing to do in this situation. And I'll prove it to you case in point. A few months ago, I'm watching TV and a commercial comes on. And the commercial is a lawnmower commercial. They're getting ready. It's the summertime. They're pushing their lawnmower product. However, in this particular 30-second clip, they are not pushing the lawnmower. It's, it's a lawnmower company, and it's, it's what they're known for, the lawnmowers, but they're not pushing their lawnmower before you see. In this 30-second commercial they spent, I don't know how much money on, in this 30 seconds, this lawnmower commercial is pushing their mobile app. And their mobile app tells you when it is a good time to mow your yard. And I'm not making, I thought I'm, I'm, I thought I was watching like an SNL sketch. I'm going, this is all made up, but this is true. And the, this guy, the commercial, the guy's sitting on his couch and he's watching TV and all of a sudden his phone buzzes and he picks it up and it's the lawnmower app saying, hey, today would be a good day to mow your yard. And he gets up and he goes and mows his yard. And that's this 30 second commercial. And I thought to myself, these people have spent all this money and all this programming dollars on an app that you could have saved by opening up your door and looking in your front yard. But we want to be told what to do, when to do, how to do it. Today would be a good day to mow your yard. We want to know what is the right path to walk down. And so today we're looking at how do we discover, how do we know what is really the right path in our life. If you got a Bible, go ahead and grab it and go to Proverbs chapter 3. If you don't have one, it'll be up on the screens. Proverbs chapter 3, we're just going to be in verse 5 and verse 6, two of the most famous verses, but how they took a different, whole different meaning in my life and Brianna's life, starting in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. 
Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And here's what Solomon is trying to communicate, and it's simply this. It's the right path is revealed by God, not you. The right path for your marriage, family, finances, career, school, overall purpose in life, that right path is not revealed by you. It's certainly not revealed by me. It is revealed by God and by God alone. And the quicker that we can allow this to move from our mind into our hearts, the better life will be. But all too often we go, I'll figure it out and I'll begin to go down this path and begin to go down this, this track. And all of a sudden we wake up and go, how did I wind up here? I ex- expected this. I'm experiencing this. There's this gigantic gap. How in the world did I wind up on the wrong path? And the truth is you begin to pursue, you begin to follow your own way, your own path. And the truth is the right path for your life, for your career, for your finances, it is only revealed by God, not by you. And as we begin to walk through these verses, you're going to begin to see how this right path is revealed. Look at verse 5. Verse 5, the first four words I get, trust in the Lord. Like personally, just speaking from, from Chris's own perspective, I get that. Trust in the Lord. I get what that means. I get what it means to have faith in God and to trust Him. I understand what that is. So for me, these first four words, it's not that difficult for me to get. It's, it's the next three words that are, that are difficult. It says, trust in the Lord. It goes, with all your, or four words, heart. But it's the word all. I get what it means to trust in the Lord. But for me, it's all. I'll trust the Lord with 90%, 95%, 99.9%. But for me, that little word all, there are certain areas that for whatever reason, I've convinced myself that I can do better in this area. And there's certain areas in life where I'm going, man, God, I trust you with pretty much everything. But and walking through this with my daughter, Kara, you took on a whole new meaning of really what it means to trust the Lord with all your heart, with every area of your life. And Brianna and I walking through this, you know, as a parent, you, you understand that there's nobody that could ever love your kids more than you do, right? There's no teacher, there's no coach, there's, no, there's nobody on the outside that could love your kids more than you do. But through this, we came to this realization that the God of the universe loves our daughter Kara more than we do. And as a parent, just honestly speaking, that's a difficult thing to wrap your mind around because you'll do anything. You'll lay your life down for your kids. You'll go to bat for your kids when nobody else believes them. You do. But to understand for us as a mom and a dad that the God of the universe loves our daughter, Kara, more than we do, there is this moment where we had to go, God, we really do trust you with every area. Yes, all areas, including our daughter, Kara. And my guess is there are some areas in your life whether it's marriage or finances or work or your school or your reputation or your integrity that you go, God, I'm trusting you with 99.9%, but there's an area of my life that I feel I can control better. And what Solomon is writing is trust in the Lord with all your heart. And so what area of your life have you yet to give full control over to the Lord? Just by a show of hands, how many of you remember the old song, by Carrie Underwood, Jesus, take the wheel. Just by a show of hands. Okay, very good. 
I'm not going to sing it for you, but you, you get, you get the, the Jesus Take the Woods. Great song. And I think for us, for, uh, if you're a Christian, you, we let Jesus take the wheel. We get that. But we are unbelievable backseat drivers. Jesus, you take the wheel, but you're going to want to take a left up here. Jesus, you take the wheel, but I'm going to tell you a much better way to get there. Jesus, you take the wheel, but you're going to need to go a lot faster. That thing on the right, that's the accelerator pedal. Step on it, Jesus. Jesus, you take the wheel. Whoa, you're going a little too fast. Use the pedal on the left. Jesus, use your blinker. Jesus, and we sit back here and we tell Jesus the way we want our lives to go. But what Solomon is writing is trust in the Lord with all. And when you look up the little original word all in the original language, when you look it up in the depth and the meaning of what it really means, that word all, what it really means is all. Everything. Not part. It doesn't mean 90%. It doesn't mean most. It means all. And I think for most of us, we get, yeah, we trust in the Lord. We're trusting. We got faith in him. But... In what area of your life have you yet to give full and complete trust over to God? And for us, walking through this, man, as a dad, you know, if you're a dad of daughters, how many of you are a dad of daughters? Just by you, you got okay. Boy, you know, like, if, if you got sons, they'll take a, If you're a dad of a daughter, man, you will just, I mean, you reach this level of, of anger if something happens to your daughter, don't you? I mean, you just get this overwhelming going, man, I'm going to bat. And there's this moment where we're going, it's my daughter, you know, you, you just want to do, but you feel completely helpless. And that's when God's going, I've got it under control. And yes, Chris, I know you love Kara, but I love her more than you do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Look at verse 6. It says, seek his will in all you do. Seek his will in all you do, or pursue continually. This is where the work comes in for for you and for me. This is pursuing him with every part of our life. This is where we're going, God, I trust you, yes, but now it's to pursue. It's to pursue in our prayer life. It's to pursue through scripture. It's to pursue through wise, godly counsel we've allowed into our lives. It's one thing to go, God, I'm trusting you, God, I'm trusting you, but it's another thing to go, God, I'm pursuing you. God, I'm seeking you. Now, when you look up that little word seek, what that word means is to observe or to think or to experience. It's to observe, to think, or to experience. Or in other words, every area of your heart, your mind, your thought, it should begin to as a pursuit after the Almighty God. But how often do our prayer lives become stale? Does our scripture reading become just a token scripture or verse at church? Or do we surround ourselves with the wrong friends? To pursue means to pursue him in every area of your life. And as we begin to pursue the Lord through this ordeal with our daughter Kara, here's the incredible part of being, being a part of a local church. The truth is we weren't pursuing God alone. We were pursuing God with you. We were pursuing God with our small group. We were pursuing God with people outside of the church, but that watched from afar. And over that period of three weeks, we got more text messages, phone messages, emails, Facebook messages, Instagram messages that just said, hey, we're praying for you. We're praying for care. We're wanting God's best for Kara's life. 
And for us to pursue, it's one thing, but to pursue inside the beautiful thing called a local church, all of a sudden there's a group of, of brothers and sisters in Christ that say, we're locking arms and we're praying for your daughter, care. We're praying for you guys. And if you're not in a part of a community, you haven't found close friends, you owe it to yourself to do that because it's one thing to pursue the Lord. It's another thing to pursue Him in deep, rich community. The night before our daughter went in for surgery, our small group that we've been a part of for about a year came over to our house and just said, hey, can, can we come over to your house and pray for Kara? And we put Kara there on the coffee table and they circle up around her and one of the guys in the small group just began to pray over our daughter, Kara. And for us, it was, it was so unbelievable to see our friends we meet with about every other week to come together to pray over our daughter. And so what area in your life have you yet to pursue the Lord? Yeah, you trust Him. Yeah, you've got your faith in Him, but you've become stale in your walk. You've become stale in your pursuit. Trust Him completely. Pursue Him constantly. And look at the very last part of verse 6. He says, Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. The right path in your life can only be revealed by God and by God alone, not by you. And the only way you're going to find that right path in your life is when you trust him with all areas of your heart and of your mind and you begin to pursue him. Then all of a sudden, he begins to show you which path to take. Now, hear me carefully. The right path does not always mean the easiest paths. The right path does not always mean the simplest of paths. The right path does not always mean the painless path, but the right path always brings peace because it's from God above. And some of you, you've got all these decisions and there's the fun one, there's the simple one, there's the complex one, there's the painless one, and then there's the one that brings peace. You go with the peace of God. God, I'm trusting you not just with most, but with all. God, I'm trusting you. God, I'm pursuing you with every area of my heart and my mind and my soul. And God, I'm trusting that when I do those things, you will reveal the right path and it will bring peace. And as we begin to walk through this ordeal with Kara, we take her to the pediatrician. And you know, as a parent, you feel a bump on your daughter's back. You just go, well, maybe it's a, a fatty no, node, or maybe it's a, a, a knot in a muscle. Maybe it's one of those things. Pediatrician feels it, and then he sends you immediately the next day to the pediatric surgeon. And all of a sudden, the pediatric surgeon says, yeah, it's a tumor. And you begin to pray, and you begin to pray, and you begin to get concerned. All of a sudden, God begins to walk you down a path to get the MRI and then to get the surgery. And we had our surgery at the Children's Health Care of Atlanta downtown. And we had never been involved, been down there to that. But I'm here to tell you that that is one of the finest organizations I have ever been involved with or had any interaction with. I'm telling you, it rivals Disney World. And, and you laugh, but it, it really, I mean, it was unbelievable now, you take care of my wife or my kids, I'll be your biggest fan for life. 
Children's Healthcare of Atlanta did that. And from the parking garage attendants to the check-in security to the nurses to the PAs to the head surgeon, every single person made our daughter feel like she was queen of the, the universe. And they came in and they paid attention and they, they walked us nervous parents through it. And there's unbelievable moments. And then there's this moment where they took Kara back for a surgery. And Bri and I are like in this little 8 by 10 room waiting for about an hour, hour and a half. And it was the first time in about two or three weeks where we'd had a moment to catch our breath in, the, in silence. And we just begin to talk and we begin to replay the last three weeks. We begin to see God's hand in it all. Of how he got us right into the pediatrician and the pediatric surgeon and then the MRI and then getting us in here and seeing all the, the, the people pray for us and support us. And we begin to see God's hand in it all. And the surgery happens and then the pathology report comes back and we hear the word benign. But here's what became painfully clear to us is that by the grace of God, we were able to hear the word benign, but we are fully aware that there are parents out there, that there are friends and family out there, that they don't hear the word benign. They hear the word malignant. They hear the word stage four. They begin to walk through that path. And we had to ask ourselves what was going to happen if we didn't hear the word, if we heard the word malignant. And we had to wrestle through that going, man, Lord, this is our daughter. Here. She's five years old. Lord, let it happen to us. Lord, this is our daughter, Carol. Lord, we're trusting you with her, but Lord, please let it be benign. Let it not be malignant. But what if it is? What if it is, Lord? And we had to come to this realization that we're still trusting in the mighty hand of God to walk us down the right path. I'm a pretty simple preacher, and I like to work off of logic, and it came to be very clear that this is my first time and Brianna's first time through life. And my guess is, for most of you, this is your first time through life. But when you understand that there is a God of the universe, don't miss this. The old song, he's got the whole world in his hands, we used to sing. When, when you really understand that, we sing that, we go, well, he's got your world in his hands. He's got your marriage in his hands. He's got your kids in his hands. But when you realize he's got my world and my marriage and my kids in his hands, all of a sudden you go, well, if this is my first time through life, then logically, I should trust the God of the universe who has all things and hold all things together for his purpose and for his glory. The right path in your life is not ever going to be found by you. It is, can only be found and revealed through God above. And it's by trusting him completely, pursuing him constantly in every area of your life. And in that moment, he reveals the right path. Not always easy, not always fun, not always painless, but it always brings peace. I'll finish with this. and It's one of the last things Jesus said to his disciples. It was after the Passover, it was after Judas had left to go betray him, but before he got betrayed, and he's speaking to the 11 disciples that are left. And he tells them this. He says, in this world, you will have many trials and sorrows. He says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. In this world, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome 
the world. And then moments later, they would be in the garden. He would be betrayed by Judas. He'd be handed over to the soldiers. He would be tortured and ultimately crucified. And then you would have to think in those moments when he's hanging on the cross and he's dead, those disciples would recall that. In this world, we'll have trials and sorrows, but he's overcome the world, and day one would go by, and then day two would go by, and then day three, and then they'd go back, and they would find nothing but an empty tomb, and then he'd reappear, and in that moment, they would see Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, who overcame death. If Jesus Christ, the Son of God, can overcome death, then most certainly, He can overcome your trials and your sorrows if you will trust in Him. That right path for your marriage, your finances, your school, your career, your your major choice, what you should or shouldn't do is not going to be found by you. It can only be found in God and in God alone. You trust Him, you pursue Him, and it will show you which path to take. Let me pray for us. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't know what your story of faith is. But my guess is many of you walking in here today, you've never made Jesus the king of your life. Yeah, you've heard about him. You've popped in and out of church over the years. But you've never solidified in your heart and your mind that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior. And I'm here to tell you that that is the absolute first step in your life before you get on the right path. The right path can only be found by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior, the King of your life. You've never done that. You've never wrestled that in your heart and your mind. You can do that here today. The Bible is super clear. It says, all who call upon the Lord will be saved. If you've never done that, you've never had that moment in your life, man, do that here today. And when you walk out of this room, you can know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is the Lord. He's the king of your life. And that when you die, you will spend eternity in heaven with him. If you're ready to trust in Jesus and what he did on the cross for your sins and the fact that God did raise him from the dead, just say something like this. Just say, Lord Jesus, today I trust you. I accept your forgiveness for all my sins. Lord, fill me with your spirit, and Lord, teach me from your word, and help me to live your way from this day forward. And again, with every head bowed and every eye closed, for those of you here in this room that you are Christians, you know Jesus is your Lord and your Savior. You might still have found yourself on the wrong path, and it's because you failed to trust him in every area. You failed to pursue him in every area. Maybe today you just pray quietly. If you're sitting there with a family member, you just squeeze their hand and say, today I trust Jesus in every area. I stop being the proverbial backseat driver. I begin to pursue Jesus in every area. My prayer life has become stale. My scripture reading has become stale. I've allowed the wrong people in my life and saying, Jesus, today I trust and I pursue and I know that you will give me the path to take. Father, I pray for every person in this room, from students and kids and teenagers and adults. Lord, my prayer is that maybe they're on top of the mountain, maybe they're in the lowest low or somewhere in between. Lord, my prayer is that you begin to speak to the depths of their hearts, that they would trust you, that they would pursue you, God, and that you would show them the right path to take. 
And the right path, Lord, is not always easy, not always fun, not always painless, but it is always brings peace. Lord, my prayer is that they'd go with the peace of God. Jesus, I love you. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for the empty tomb. I thank you for being Lord and Savior of my life. I thank you for the grace you have shown. We ask all these things in your precious and holy name. Amen.